The following is a production of Shark Flight Media. Now entering the nexus of geekery and guy world in three, two, one, mark. Do you know what the secret of life is? One thing. Just one thing. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Is the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Hey kids, welcome to another brilliant edition of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. I am your host, Ian J. Malone, joined tonight by my buddy Rob Howe. Kevin Steverson has the night off while he's officiating a wedding. No, I, I didn't write that. That's legitimate. That's happening. Before we get started on tonight's program, got to say thanks to our sponsors. That would, of course, start with the wonderful folks at Chris Kennedy Publishing. Doesn't matter what you're into, folks. Military, sci-fi, space opera, urban fantasy, they got it all over there at CKP. Go to the website, chriskennedypublishing.com. Check out the authors, the books, the series. Sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Get yourself a free ebook for your time. And uh, stay plugged in because, good Lord, man, they got stuff happening every week from new series breaking loose to new audiobooks to you name it and uh, we'll cover a lot of that coming up later on tonight in the news also big loo- uh, big news lately from uh, CKP land in the way of video and fan content why we brought in a guest tonight and we're going to get to her here in just a little while to help us break loose with that story and uh, help you folks kind of learn about the latest man it's all happening over there at ckp again chris kennedy publishing.com they are message free sci-fi with a slice of fantasy also want to say thanks as always to our folks over at the believe podcast network of whom we are affiliated if you would like to know more about podcasts if you need more podcasts in your life and honestly who doesn't go to believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v.com they are the number one source on the net for podcasts for professionals they got it all they got sports podcasts they got mystery podcasts literary podcasts dramas you name it it's all happening again believe com. They are the Believe Podcast Network. Rob Howell, how are we doing this evening? Good, sir. I'm doing fantastic. And I, I realize uh, as you're doing the intro, intro that um, you need to get, get cracking because <laughs> at this point, as far as I know, you are the only one of the three of us dudes who hasn't officiated a wedding. I have not. No, I, I am not ordained in, in anything other than bar speak, sadly. So uh, that, that does not, for whatever reason, seem to stand up in front of a judge. Maybe it would in Christopher Wood's fallen world universe, but uh, <laughs> where everything's gone to hell and they would want a loser like me to officiate a wedding. But, uh, you know, it's I have been known to give a, a reasonably decent toast uh, as a as a um, as a. Um, God, groomsman, thank you. That, that I've done before. Sorry, end of the day, and I'm already dreaming about the dreaming about the margaritas that are waiting for me when we're done recording. Yeah, I, so I hear. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm having a great uh, great time. It's going to be a hell of a busy summer. It just got busier. <clears throat> My sweetie and I are getting married in a couple of weeks, which I think I've mentioned once or twice. Yeah, uh, excited about that. Again. Obviously. It's uh, I'm actually choosing my sweetie and getting married to her over Liberty Con. It was a really tough choice. Of course, it was a really tough choice, but uh, it's no exciting times for that. And then we're planning on moving. So um, if, if I don't seem coherent between now and the end of the summer, there are reasons. I understand, dude. Believe me, that was my year from about June of last year until well, pretty much now between <laughs> moving between states, buying, selling houses, renting houses, buying houses, rehabbing houses. 
I think Natalie and I are finally at a place in our new house down here in Florida where we can kick back, kick our feet up a little bit this summer, have some cookouts, enjoy the pool, and uh, and be able to take it easy. But it was quite the process. For for those who are familiar with the Panama City area, uh, this was ground zero for Hurricane Michael uh, three years ago. And there are a lot of properties here that, that really took a beating in that storm or required a lot of work. We were fortunate in that the house that we bought had been rehabbed after the storm, but the lawn was completely shot because nobody had lived here for three years. So uh, that's that's been a, a pretty major endeavor on my part to, to kind of remedy that. But we're getting there. And uh, so I get it, man. A year full of logistics uh, does <laughs> tend to take away from the, the, the writing energy sometimes. I, I get it. You only got so, so many spoons. You, that is, but there is no spoon. <laughs> Which takes us to the news. Let's talk about some writing stuff. And now the news. All righty, Rob, I will let you lead off, man. What is happening in the world of Rob Howe? Uh, writing projects, con schedules, anything the peoples need to know about? Well, as uh, as I will always pretty much have on deck, it's another new Eldros Legacy novel coming out on the 14th. This one will be Lorel of the Dark from Todd Fonestock. This Great the cover fr- on that one, by the way. It, Saw the reveal it, on that online. Yeah, it's an amazing cover. Uh, wait till you see the update uh, this week, which has that cover meshed with the uh, Kaivin the Unkillable cover. And they, it's really a neat little... M- uh, image that they've got together. The artist actually drew them so that they drew the two covers so that they would mesh together. Uh, this is actually the first novel in the uh, Eldros Legacy where it's a direct follow-up to one of the previous novels. So, because thus far we've been putting out a variety of different places and, and times in uh, and locations within the world. Uh, but now we're starting to get some of those things dovetail together. Uh, it's the way it is with these large projects, these shared world projects. Sometimes you you have to go through these stages where a lot of things don't connect, but now they're starting to connect. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. For folks who, who missed it a number of episodes ago, it's probably about four or five episodes back. Uh, Todd Fonestock was on the program and he touched upon, talked a lot about Kyvin the Unkillable, what it was he loved about that story, what it was he loved about the Elder's legacy and, and kind of tipped his hand a little bit about what fans could expect coming down the line. So it's nice to know that they didn't have to wait a very long time in order to be able to get that payoff. How about the con world, man? Uh, Obviously, you've talked a bit about you're going to be tied up with the wedding stuff for a while, but you're a road warrior, man. So anything else on your docket coming up this summer where fans can find you? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I just added to uh, this week, I just committed to going to FenCon, which is in Irving, Texas. That's Dallas-Fort Worth area. From a dudes in hyperspace sort of uh, viewpoint, this could be an awesome trip for me because the Rangers play Wednesday of that week. Uh, and the Cowboys play the Bengals on Sunday wow. afternoon. So if I can swing tickets, I'm going to go early. I'm going to watch a Rangers game. Then I'm going to do the convention, uh, do all the the great stuff there. And we may very well have a release that we might hint at some at some point down the road uh, that weekend. And uh, then get a chance to go see the Cowboys play the Bengals. That'll be an awesome time if I can swing all the tickets. Heck yeah, man. Awesome. Well, in uh, convention land, I've actually got one on deck this weekend. Uh, for those who follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you know this already. Uh, Nick Steverson and I are going to be guests at Infinity Con happening this weekend in Tallahassee uh, at the Leon County Civic Center. I think they call that the Donald L. Tucker Center now, but for old schoolers like me, it was the TLC double C. Uh, so we will be there Saturday and Sunday. We'll have a table in the vendor's room 
So you can definitely catch us there, score some paperbacks. And then Nick and I both uh, have some some panels and stuff. Uh, if you go to my website, ianjmalone.net, uh, click on the blog feature. It's the top article. You'll find my con schedule. And I'll also shoot that out to social media on Saturday morning. So for folks who want to come to the con and want to find us, uh, you'll, you'll have that information there. But always a treat to go back to Tallahassee, but especially to do a convention. Uh, it's really, really nice to see what looks to be a very stable con taking taking root there. That's a number of people have tried to to nail down a con in that market, and it just for whatever reason hasn't stuck. Whether it was because uh, it was a bad time, there wasn't a lot of fan support, or because the people who were running the thing were numbskulls. Um, this time around, the Infinity Con folks really seem to have a, a model and a formula that um, that just seems to work. And this is their, I think it's their second or third year they survived the pandemic. Um, they've got a lot of really good guests, particularly if you're into comics, artistry, and writing. They're going to have a really big presence there, a number of voice actors from different things. Also, a Robotech contingent, which is freaking awesome like that's my generation um so anyway a lot of stuff happening infinity con in tallahassee uh come by see us say hi to myself and nick we'll be there to greet you guys hang out we always love to hear from you guys um in Bookland, uh work continues on the last argonaut uh obviously the plan was when i got home from the the cruise to really get rocking and rolling on uh on draft two of that um, as Rob and I just discussed, sometimes though life gets in the way, uh, for us, it was in the form of, I got COVID and then my wife got COVID and then my mother-in-law got COVID and then the kid had to have wisdom teeth pulled and like basically May is a wash, but, <laughs> but thankfully I am now deep into edits on draft two, uh, really pleased with, with the way that's coming along and draft two for me is always the money draft, right? I, I download the story in draft one. It's there. It's a hot mess, but by the time I reach the end of that hot mess, I know exactly what the story is down to a razor's edge, and I get to put the shine to it in draft two, and that's what eventually goes off to edit. So it's it's like clockwork, and it's happening again with me now. So really stoked about what that's uh, what that's going to look like when we're done. Well, folks, unless you've been hiding out under a rock lately, you will notice there's been big news in CKP land, and that is in the form of a brand new shiny YouTube channel. That's right, folks. CKP has taken YouTube by storm, and it is mostly due, in part, to the wonderful work of tonight's guest. You know her as best-selling author from the 4HU and many uh, many other properties. That would, of course, be Miss Marisa Wolf. Welcome to the Dudes in Hyperspace. Marisa, how we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Although I don't want to take false credit. I just, um, I just bossed people around. I didn't actually do it. We we are going to get to the man behind the curtain here shortly. (laughs) So that's, that's my boy right there. Producer Jeremy's awesome. Uh, well, first off, it is such a treat to have you here. You and I have had a chance to do some stuff on CKP Confidential before, but Mm -hmm. if memory serves, this is your, this is your maiden voyage with the dudes in hyperspace. Is it not? It is. This is my very first time. I've so happy to be here. I, I don't know how we've waited this long to get you on here. For, for <laughs> uh, folks right? who yeah. don't do the con circuit with all of us, Marisa is hands down one of the most fun people that you'll meet uh, yeah. at, at conventions. You will always find her at the party. She's very easy to find at BarCon. Great, <laughs> great personality, just always a treat to hang out with. So how we never haven't yet gotten you on this program of all programs, I don't know, but I'm glad we could rectify that tonight. So I'm, Me too. I'm happy. I really am so happy to be here. All right. Well, let's talk about 
about some YouTube, man. Um, listen, there's been rumblings for a while that CKP was going to get into the YouTube game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Lord knows they certainly have the content in the form of all the many authors and series and genres that they cover from their various imprints. But I mean, as as you guys know, and Rob, you know, man, doing one of these programs is a lot of work. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of research and a lot of prep and then post prep and before you can ever even get the thing out to the world. Mm-hmm. So what was it, you know, how did this thing get started for you guys? What made you decide that you wanted to pull the trigger on this here and now? Yeah, I mean, it keeps coming up. Um, so we have an author chat that your folks may have heard of before. Um, and every now and then it would come up that we should do a, a YouTube channel. And then a couple authors started doing it, notably the fabulous Casey Azell, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Sure. Um, and Jeremy, also my husband, who's amazing, had been talking about getting into like producing some podcast content, some YouTube content. He's like, yeah, we really got to get you a YouTube. And I was like, yeah, sure. I, I definitely have things to talk about. I was like, but you know, I have a need over here. And somebody with time over here, hold on. <laughs> um, and so it came up again in our author chat. Um, somebody, I, I think it was John Osborne uh, said, you know, it's really cool that authors are doing these YouTube channels. It would be really cool if we had a CKP one. And I think Casey was like, yeah, I don't want to run it. Do you want to? And he was like, no. And I was like, hey, what if I ask Jeremy? And I <laughs> think he was voluntold for it before I even like, had a chance to turn to him. I think Bill Webb instantly was like, approved, change approved. And then Chris said yes. And I was like, oh, maybe I should actually ask Jeremy. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing that this isn't the first time that Jeremy has been voluntold (laughs) by you at some point in your marriage. Just a wild guess. I mean, we've been together for 17 years. So yeah, you would not be wrong to, uh, to assume that. I love Jeremy. Jeremy is one of my boys when we get out to cons that I can yeah. always count on to come over and talk college football with me. So, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, now, one of the things I've loved so far about what you guys are doing over there is you're really taking a, a, a real dynamic path with your content. All right. You've got live chats going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever you talk with, you know, one of the Hit World Valkyries authors, and we're going to get into that here after a little while as well, yeah. uh, or whether you're just doing a rundown with Chris on here's what's happening around CKP, it's very interactive. So you have people in the chat. Um, you have people plugged in, you know, talk to me about the vision for what you guys want this thing to be. Is it going to be all author views? I know there's been some rumblings that there could be some pop culture talk on here. What's this thing going to be? Cause clearly you've got a very big vision for it. Yeah, this is such a good question. So it's really a place for people to connect more, more deeply, I guess, uh, with CKP and our authors, our editors, our artists, if we can get them. Um, and that's going to look a couple of different ways. It'll be flat out talking about books, obviously, because that's what the factory produces. Um, and then also getting to know the people involved. So we have a couple of really fun, um, programming ideas. So some of them are waiting for certain people to get into the country or through big deadlines or both. Um, but as as we start to to build up the content, we're looking at having, you know, potentially a um, ideating inebriated ideating where it's like drunk history, but you're you're drinking a little <laughs> and you're you're coming up with some some fun world building ideas or story ideas. Shark Flight Media might have to sign on as a time <laughs> sponsor for that segment. I'm just putting that out there. We'll work for uh, bourbon. Yeah. 
Noted, noted, and uh, done. Yes. So, but just like fun things like that. Uh, Melissa Althoff and I have talked about doing a feral ladies of uh, CKP show because we we keep joking every time we go to a convention. Now we're we're feral. We've been locked in our houses for years, and now we don't know how to people anymore. Um, and there are so many ladies around CKP, so that could be really fun. Um, just and we've got a couple. I think John Osborne had some really cool ideas for programming. Um, so it, it's just it's a place for readers, other authors, um, people to just kind of come together and get a, a better sense of the shenanigans we get up to on and off the page. You better do this well because you know in the 2073 release of Trivia Pursuit, I want there to be a question: <laughs> Who was the first guest on yes! the CKP YouTube? Because I mean, you know, I've got a vested interest in this. That's right. That's right. You should, in fact, be a Trivial Pursuit answer. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so now, what kind of timeline do you guys have on releasing content for this? Is this something you want to put out weekly, biweekly, monthly? How often, when people subscribe to the channel, what you should do dear listeners like and subscribe <laughs> videos on the yes. ckp youtube channel yeah. um what kind of timetable do you guys have for for bringing the folks the content here so at minimum you're going to get weekly content oh, wow. um so jeremy is just is doing these these live streams with authors right now authors but hopefully soon editors and potentially artists as well um every week uh the valkyries interviews are coming out every other week um and i've i've gotten some rumblings from other anthology editors that they might want to do something similar in the future so even as the valkyries interviews um i only have 15 you know so as we get to the end of that we might be able to put in some other one on one interviews with folks which would be awesome awesome um and then other other programs will kind of vary based on the availability of the people involved. Uh, Casey and I have talked about doing a weekly show um, that will alternate between the CKP page and her page. Because, um, I mean, doesn't the world need more Casey and Marisa shenanigans? <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got that. Um, I think the inebriated ideation, not the final name, um, that probably won't be every week because we have to take care of people's livers. But, um, you know, once a month. So it'll it'll vary, but we'll start as the schedule gets more populated. Uh, we'll put more out there. But at minimum, once a week, you're going to get something new from CKP. I love the anthology uh, series, by the way, of videos. It, it's, you. you know, speaking speaking as a writer who's done a few, quite a few of those, it, it's they're fun platforms to just go play with these little obscure ideas that we have, whether it's for worlds or whether it's for characters. And that makes for some really fun playground for us. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're short enough that they're not super, super, super labor intensive. So whereas yeah. you may spend, you know, anywhere from four to eight, nine months on a novel, depending mm -hmm. on how prolific you are, short stories we can typically bang out in a number of weeks. And that makes mm -hmm. them fun time. But as you alluded to earlier, you get 15 of these bad boys in one anthology. So allowing yeah. the authors this space to be able to come on and just kind of rap about well, you know what? I had this idea and I couldn't quite figure out where to put it into a series or a novel, but this seemed like the perfect place for that, a perfect home for that. And here's why. Yeah. Like, I love this idea of doing that in, in kind of a long form video format. So you touched upon the people that you've had. Obviously, we had Catman here and uh, he was your, your first on the, the Valkyries series. Uh, I mean, Casey, when Fred was. Yeah, Casey when was on there for, for a while. Uh, Osborne's going to make an appearance here at some point. Uh, who, yep. are some, who are some other people that that you know fans might can expect to hear from in the in the coming weeks and months on the CKP YouTube channel. 
Yeah. So Jeremy has quite the lineup planned. So next week is John Osborne and Mark Wandry, um, okay. the, you know, the godfather of the 4HU himself. Um, so that's going to be super fun. Uh, John keeps promising that they're going to be really professional, which I mean, obviously it's going to be a show. <laughs> so it's going to be really great. Um, we're going to do some stuff around Liberty Con. Uh, so, if folks are going to Liberty Con authors, you should expect to get roped into the post Liberty Con show. Uh, I think that'll be ridiculously fun. Uh, we got Bill Webb coming up, Kevin Eikenberry. So a lot of the, uh, the superstars of CKP fame. And while Rob did in fact do an interview with me for Valkyries, he could still do a live stream with Jeremy as could certain people like, I don't know, Ian Malone or Kevin Steverson. Hey, so we'll have maybe, our people call your people. Yeah. Maybe those guys will sign up. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, uh, I, I, I do need to talk to Jeremy about this project, so that could very well happen. Yes. Well, while we're so, on the subject of Jeremy, I definitely yeah. want to uh, want to go ahead and, and rap about him here for just yes. a second, because clearly he's the the engine behind this. And, and listen, uh-huh. guys, and, and I have a lot of fun on this show, but I want to be dead serious here. Producing these things is a lot of work. And, yes. you know, for people who are behind the scenes pulling the triggers on whether it's podcasts or YouTube channels, there's a lot of stuff that goes in before, during and after, um, you know, that, that brings this process to life so that you can just enjoy this hour of programming or 30 minutes of programming. So I want to doff the cap big time to producer Jeremy for the job that he's doing over there. Talk a little bit more about his role in, in all of this. What is his job? What are the different things that he that he does? And, and how does he contribute to this process exactly? Yeah, he is this process. So uh, how, how this one worked is I said, hey, do you want to do a YouTube page for CKP? Uh, he said, yeah. And I was like, awesome. Okay, bye. So I just, that's not true. And then Immediately said, great, we're going to do these Valkyries interviews and everything else is up to you. Double guns. Um, so he, he put together a survey for authors to fill out with their ideas, their prog- programming ideas, their availability, get all their information. He made there, there's this great musical intro, um, that he made. There's an outro that he made, all of the advertising materials he's making. Um, he, you know, set up the technical page and then all the things you were talking about with, with producing Ian, that's, that's what he's been doing. It's stuff that is basic. It's not, in, it's not invisible because you know, when it's not done, mm-hmm. um, but it's stuff I wouldn't even know where to begin. And I would say every other day he's like, Hey, look at this cool visual thing I learned. Hey, look at this cool audio thing that I'm, I'm practicing with. Um, so he's making this thing a, a real concern, which is awesome. Sure. Well, and and again, man, for for folks who know the behind the scenes work, it is a lot. And listen, it's a service to to us as authors as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. because again, we get the platform for these types of things and you know, we don't have to a lot of us who are just guests can come on and and be there and talk and have a blast with it and then we're out. Yep. But for the producer, that job continues for anywhere from two to four to eight hours afterward while the prod, you know, the post prod is done. So props to Jeremy and just a pro tip to authors who like to make the rounds on podcasts and shows to promote your books. Remember the folks, man, 
But remember the folks who put those things together because without them, you ain't got no platform. So yeah. producer Jeremy, we have much love for you, man. Well, Absolutely. we've touched upon the, uh, the, the Hit World Valkyries thing here. And yeah. a lot of folks know what that is. A lot of folks don't. Hit World, as I think most folks by now is a, know by now, is a, is a series from uh, Bill Webb, Larry Hoy. Uh, it's, it's, good Lord, it's like John Wick with a fantasy <laughs> twist and dragons. Like, I don't, it's just craziness. But, um, but it's a lot of fun. It's got several incarnations out floating around right now. And the latest of these is this new anthology series called Valkyries. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about number one, what is this about? What is, what is the series about? What's the theme? What kind of stories can people expect from it? And then what is your role in this? Are you the editor, lead writer? How, how do you plug into all of this? I know that's a oh, two-part question, but knock it out. I love it. No, it's a great question. So I, I'm not just giving him credit because he's here because I've given him credit on probably 11 of the other Valkyries videos. Um, Rob Howell coined this term genre gumbo and that is what Hit World is. Love it is. It. it is right. It's amazing. Love it's this it. urban fantasy base, a rue, if you will. Um, and then pretty much anything you want to toss in to make a good gumbo, you can do. There's thriller. There's action. There's a little bit of sci-fi. There's interdimensional shenanigans. There's so much going on in Hit World, and it is endlessly fun as a writer for sure. And I think for readers, uh, from what I've heard from folks. So Hit World Valkyries is going to be its own spinoff, um, same universe, but throughout some of the Hit World novels, there's been this rising threat, um, the spiders organization, the spider, uh, and LEI, Lifeenders International, um, they are not in a place to really take that head on. And so as you will see in the Valkyries Initiative, which is the the lead anthology for the split off, um, we're going to have some spy versus spy action. So it's going to be leaning hard into the urban fantasy of it, leaning hard into all the tropes you can hope for in spy versus spy. Um, and it's going to be a group of women, um, some of whom have connections to the main storyline and some of whom don't. Uh, all of whom will be introduced in the anthology. So it's 15 short stories, um, basically the quote-unquote origin stories. So if you think about like the the Avengers, you started with each of the, the intro stories, and then you got the culmination. Uh, so we're going to do something like that. So the anthology is going to be the intros to these Valkyries, and then we'll have a, a few novels that are going to come off from that, and then potentially some novellas with multiple uh, characters from different authors all interacting and awesome. shenanigans. So how did you get roped into this? Did Bill Webb sell you on this? Was it Larry? <laughs> like how clearly you've got very, very big plans for this beyond just an anthology. So where did all of that begin? Yeah, it's all Bill Webb's fault. Um, and Larry is a huge hype person. So I'm going to blame them both. Um, basically Bill said, Hey, you, you, you've read the hit world book. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I love trash man. So great. Blah, blah, blah. Here are all the things. Um, and he's like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. So we need more women. Um, cause women are really running the, the world in hit world behind the scenes. And I don't think people are picking that up enough. So I want, I want more of that. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I don't want to, it's you, you're going to do that. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, more women. I mean, he, he did. There was a question in there, but it did feel like a, I want you to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the biggest. Like anytime somebody with a shared universe comes to you and says, I want you to play a role in this. It's such a, 
it's a big deal. It's sure. flattering. It's amazing. It's exciting. Um, all these CKP worlds are so ridiculously fun. Um, so there was a question in there, but there's no world in which I would have said no to it. Oh, man. So. That's awesome. So uh, if I can interject, I think the, yeah. the whole motto uh, that, that CKP should just start running with is, it's Bill Webb's fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are well, exactly right. Have, yeah. Having just recently hung out with Larry Hoy at Pensacon, um, just just saying, there's there's some peer pressure happening from that end of the line too. Uh, right? Yeah, Larry, he's a part Larry's of it. Awesome. Yeah, Larry's not innocent. Donuts, Donuts Hoy, he is not innocent in this. Sidebar: I did a uh, a CKP <laughs> confidential with him, which for folks who don't nice. know what that is, it's a, an exclusive podcast over on the CKP Patreon account. And uh, authors come in and do readings from books that haven't been released yet. And so Larry did one from, I guess, uh, Dragon's Kiss or one of those. But the scene that he read, he had to read up. Uh, know if he was a shape-shifting Mexican drug cartel guy or something, but he had to read it in a, in a Latin accent, and it was the greatest thing ever. That's it goes my mind, really. Well, that was more Scottish-Irish. That's why I don't do accents. But Sorry, he, Connery. He, he sold it, man. He got into it, and it was absolutely awesome. It was one of my favorite episodes of CKP Confidential so far. That's phenomenal. So we've talked a little bit about the authors who are going to be a part of Valkyries, mm-hmm. um, You know, some of the stories that, that could shoot off later on. Talk to me about some of the folks that you'd like to recruit, man. We got we got ear holes on this podcast. Folks may be raising an eyebrow saying, you know what, that hip world stuff, that sounds like a lot of fun. Give me yeah. give me your recruiting lig, your recruiting pitch, man. Talk to me about some folks you'd love to rope into this. If you had your druthers, who would you go get? Oh my gosh. Oh my okay. So like head the headline people that it would tickle me silly to get would be somebody like Faith Hunter. Okay. Um I mean, she's out there writing Jane Yellow Rock. She's got all her own things going on, but she writes kick-ass women who are fully rounded characters. And that is one of the big points of Valkyries. Um, and I'm going to come right back to who else I would want. But when I think about the people who I, I brought onto this first anthology, I had, I have people who are really good at, at writing women. Uh, one of which Rob Howell right here. What's up? He did such an amazing job. Um, so not, not just ladies can write ladies, um, but really looking for people who understand that a, a kick-ass lead character cannot and should not and will not be one-dimensional, um, especially when it's a lady, because I feel like we get less well-rounded ladies in literature sometimes. Um, so I do want to talk more about the authors that we have coming up in this anthology, but other people that I would love, oh man, it's so much of the CKP folks. I mean, John Osborne writes great women. Um, Ian, I feel like you write great women. Um, Thank you. you no, I, for real. Um, Kevin Steverson would write a really hilarious Valkyrie story, I think. I loved his Hit World story in the You Pay We Slay anthology. Um, I mean, it just, yeah, I, there are so many. I think basically if you have ever written for CKP, I would love to talk to you about Valkyries. Awesome. What's up? Um, but I, I got a couple of folks at Superstars this past year, too. So um, some I've gotten into this anthology. Some are coming up um, in, a, in a future uh, anthology. And I, I don't want to don't want to say their names into the world and, and jinx it, you know? Now, yeah. some, some things need to be left confidential until yeah. the, the time is right. I got gotcha. you. Just get wait. Just wait. So now listen, as everybody knows, you're involved in a ton of other stuff beyond mm-hmm. beyond Hit World from 4HU to you name it. What are some of the other things that are percolating around in the world of Marisa Wolf right now? 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, Bill, Bob, and I are finishing a novella called The Spider. Uh, okay. That will be a direct connection from Hit World Prime and Hit World Valkyries. Uh, so that that should be getting out in the world soon. Um, I've got my Fallen World novel that's just at the 80% mark. So I'm going to get that done finally. Um, should be awesome. It's Chris Woods's fantastic post-apocalyptic world. Um, and then I've got... A handful of short stories that I'm very, very excited about. Um, but then I've got two novels in my own worlds, um, that I'm working on. And one is, one is science fiction and one is very fantasy. Um, and I'm hoping to get those done this year. So awesome. Awesome. You're a busy lady, man. You're a busy lady indeed. (laughs) So, well, Marisa, well, thanks for coming on the program. It is always such a treat to talk to you, whether it's at a con or on a podcast. You are tons of fun and one of our favorite people. Folks, the CKP YouTube channel, it is out there. We can, we're dropping a link into the show notes. All right. So you got no excuses. Hit the little button there that's (laughs) right on your mobile device or your computer screen. Takes you right to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. All right. That's how this stuff gets found, whether it's podcast podcasts or YouTube videos, the more you engage with it, the more you interact with it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more that it, it helps other people to come find us. But also take advantage of the opportunity to interact with a lot of these folks. You've got live chats happening on a lot of these videos, and that's what those are for is because the authors, us, we want to hear from you. So uh, again, that the link to the CKP YouTube channel was is right there in your show notes. Marisa, where can folks find out more about you? Where's your website stuff at? What social media platforms are you on? Where can people find you? specifically yeah come hang out on my website uh or dot com i got both um you can also join my newsletter right there from my website that's an every other week uh email that will go out it will it's where i share very first news about new releases new stories coming out uh you get a free story for signing up and there are always gifts you're welcome they're delightful awesome Um, awesome and then Instagram is probably best. So I am, if you like books and you like dogs, mine's the Instagram. So go to that. It's <laughs> at book dogs uh, on Instagram. So you get my dogs, you get our books, you get our RV travel. It's all exciting. So what you're saying is the next time you and I are on CKP uh, mm-hmm. YouTube channel mm-hmm. is we both need to have like you need to put your dog on there. Why wasn't your dog <laughs> on that interview? I mean, I brought right. a, a, an all star to make he sure did. that uh, where was it from you, girl? I didn't want to upstage you. I didn't know you were going to have Winifred, <laughs> and I didn't want to upstage you because Olive and Josie are. I mean, they're the real stars of of this show over here. So, <laughs> all righty, folks. Well, Marisa Wolf, we love her. Go find her CKP YouTube channel. Uh, links in your notes. MarisaWolf.net is the website. Find her on Instagram at Book Dogs. Always a pleasure, sweetie. Thanks for coming on board the program. Thanks so much for having me, y'all. And that's going to take us down to our halftime segment of the show, where we show a little bit of love to our presenting sponsor, that, of course, being Chris Kennedy Publishing. One more time, if you want to know more about what's happening around that world, go to chriskennedypublishing.com. Be sure you sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Get yourself a free ebook and stay in touch with what's happening, which um, in this case would be a brand new release from everybody's favorite, the Four Horsemen universe. And uh, this one's star-studded, man. Rob, what do we got going on this week in the 4HU? We've got As My Witnesses by Sandra Medlock and Casey Moores with Robert E. Hampson joining in for the fun. 
The Azure Colony avoided the larger conflicts of the Omega War and the Guild Wars only to fall prey to rogue mercenaries. Now they're rebuilding, but strange forces are at work. New friends on the ground and mysterious lights in the sky promise interesting times for the humans and hyper-intelligent Rogel of Azure. Meanwhile, mercenary leader Vern and peacemaker Harryhausen resume their search for the ancestral home of Azure's Rogel. They encounter distrust, deceit, and misdirection from the all-powerful guilds, but they manage to learn of sightings of Rogel-like aliens. Their strongest lead takes them to a forgotten system where a lost human colony, colony coexists with a strange alien race with remarkable similar similarities to the Rogel. But when they find the colony is in the middle of a civil war, they're forced to make a choice. Do they choose sides or stand by while the colonists slaughter each other? Boom. Also want to give a uh, sort of an honorable mention, if you will, to Mike Wyatt Jr. Uh, he had a new release that just came out last week called Last Bid for a Dying Earth. A lot of buzz around this one, folks. It's book one in a brand new series called The Anesian, uh, the Anesian, uh, yeah, Anesian Convergence. Mike and I are friends on Twitter. He's going to slay me for that. But Mike, I'm sorry, man. I still love you, dude. Uh, be sure you go online to chriskennedypublishing.com. Check that one out. That's coming to you through the Theogony Books imprint. Speaking of Theogony Books, the series that started at all for that imprint uh, just came to a close in audio and that would be the progenitors war that's the final book in the theogony series from chris kennedy uh, that one's been out for a while but finally audio fans you can go out and grab that one on audible itunes or wherever your audiobooks are served again that's the progenitors war and then finally other news from chris kennedy publishing we just touched upon it with marisa wolf man we got a ckp youtube channel so check your show notes hit the link go check it out be sure you subscribe to the channel also be sure you like the videos engage with the folks and uh again Help us to get the word out that that thing is out there because producer Jeremy and uh, Marisa, the crew, they're working hard to bring you guys quality content. And like she said, it's coming at you weekly, man. So make sure you get out there, get after it and uh, make sure you support it because, well, that's what it's there for. Ladies and gentlemen, hear ye, hear ye. On the stump. All right, so I didn't plan on dusting off another On the Stump segment for a while, especially not for a summer movie, which, to be honest, as we've discussed on this program, really hasn't struck me a whole lot in 2022. I look down the slate of of the big blockbusters that are coming out, and I just don't see a whole lot that really fires me up. But if there was one that was going to get me to go to the theater, it was going to be Top Gun Maverick. All right. I grew up uh, the grandson of a naval aviator. Um, I heard the stories about pilots, albeit from World War II. Um, Aviation is in my family big time. Anybody who knows our crew from down here in Florida knows that, especially on my mom's side. Uh, My grandfather father flew for Delta for 33 years, owned planes like aviation was a thing to us. So in 1986, when Top Gun dropped, I saw it. it was, granted, it was on the little screen because I was nine, but uh, but I did see it. And it was I mean, it captivated me watching the jets fly around all over the place. The cinematography that Tony Scott and the gang put together was awesome. So, uh, you know, fast forward 36 years, we finally get a sequel in the form of Top Gun Maverick. The first time I saw the trailer, I was I thought I told my wife, I was like, I have no expectations for a story for this. I don't even care. I want to go see the jets fly real fast on the big screen. That's all I need here. So you can imagine my surprise when myself, Smalls Malone and the family show up at the theater last weekend to see Top Gun Maverick. And I was completely floored by how great that film was from top to bottom. 
I honestly, guys, can't tell you the last time, at least since the pandemic started, but probably a year, two years before that, that I had that much fun in a movie. I've enjoyed lots of films since then. I enjoyed Joker, all right, very heady film. There's been a lot of other flicks that I've I've enjoyed and I would certainly recommend that you see. But just to get the big tub of popcorn and feel good about the world. Like how much do we need that right now in 2022? And Top Gun Maverick brought that to you in spades. The story is really sweet. It's really nice. It's the perfect follow-up to what what needed to happen after Top Gun. Uh, the acting was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, the kid that plays Goose's kid, Miles Teller, did a magnificent job. He looked like him. He sounded like him right down to some of the dialogue. It was just a really, really well put together film. And better yet, that's all it wanted to be for you. There's no messaging, there's no politics, there's no none of that. It is a story where you go root for the good guys to blow the crap out of the bad guys and then hug on a flight deck. That's what we're after here. And this this gave that to you in spades. And oh, by the way, uh, Paramount, last I read, paid out $11,000 an hour to DOD to get actual jets and actual Navy naval pilots to make this thing as real as they possibly could. So when you go see this, the only CGI that's happening there is in the form of the weapons fire. Obviously, they're not going to shoot real missiles at each other. That was CGI'd in. But the flight and and all of that that, that you see, the, the flight sequences, that's legit. That's real. Those are real people flying real planes. And I just, I could not get over how much I really, really loved this film. I'll see it at least one, if not two more times in the theater. And I will probably spend the money to own it on Blu-ray when it drops because it was just that much fun. So, you know, on behalf of all of my fellow 80s kidsers who, who you know grew up in that era, loving, loving the original, thank you to, as, as weird as he is, thank you to Tom Cruise and, and Joseph Kaczynski, the director, for giving us a freaking Top Gun film. Because that's exactly what it was. So uh, bravo, bravo, and bravo. Rob, I know you haven't seen this film yet, and I don't obviously don't want to get into spoilers here, but I mean, what is your take on this from what you've seen now from the trailers? Uh, you know, what you have heard from other people who have seen it. Have you got any feedback that kind of drives you one way or the other on whether or not you're going to see this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually wanting to see this. this first movie I've wanted to see in the theater uh, since I think Return of the King. Wow. Okay. Um, it's, I've heard what you said echoed a number of times by other people who've seen it. And honestly, if I'm going to spend money on a movie, generally speaking, I go because I want to get entertained. It's my yep. philosophy as a writer, my philosophy as a consumer of books and movies and stuff like that. I don't go because I'm I'm necessarily expecting to have um, the next Citizen Kane or anything right. like that. I'm not expecting a, a classic. I, I watch Citizen Kane. I like Citizen Kane, but it's not something I generally speaking want to go see all the time. Most of the time, I just want to go and enjoy myself. Yep. And everybody who's who I've seen it who said uh, who I who I've seen talk about it has said they went they, and they enjoyed themselves. What better compliment could anyone ever have? If if my reviews are filled with, I read the book, I enjoyed yeah. it. What more could I ever hope for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and you know, we actually we mentioned Todd Fonasak earlier in the episode that he was on. The crux of that that 
conversation that day was about character development and, and the way we like to treat characters in story. And we all agreed on this. Sometimes it's just nice to have good guys that are good guys and bad guys that are bad guys. All right. Coming off of this absolute stink fest that was the Batman. And the further away from that film I get, the more I hated it. This was just such a breath of fresh air because that's exactly what you got. And I was really curious as to how they were going to handle that. Because if you go back to 1986, man, Top Gun was a film about American exceptionalism and a giant freaking recruiting tool for the Navy. That's what it was. And uh, and a volleyball scene for for the wives, okay, and the girlfriends. And, and I was really kind of curious how they were going to ha- handle that element of, of the property for this sequel. Were they going to dilute that somehow or what? No. It was the good guys of the good guys. You pumped your fist for the American military. You love our pilots. You love our people as it should be. And you root for them to go out and win the day. And I'll let the listeners decide whether or not they think that actually happens in this film or not. But uh, uh, again, to kind of wrap this thing out, guys, I can't recommend Top Gun Maverick enough. Go to the biggest screen possible that you have in your area. Get the biggest tub of popcorn and the smallest thing of Coke so you don't have to make a bathroom run in the middle of the movie. And, uh, and just enjoy it because that is all the directors and the crew, all the director and the crew wanted you to do with this film is just go kick back in a seat and enjoy yourself and smile. And it did that. So, all right, that's enough out of us. Time to hear what our listeners have to say in our pod mail segments. you got mail. Podmail is, of course, brought to you by our friends at the International Association of Science Fiction and Fantasy Authors. Love those guys. Doesn't matter if you are a reader or a writer, there is something for you at IASFA.org. If you're a writer, go there, sign up for an account. It's free. Build some community. Meet some folks, man. You could get a pitch for your next novel. You may get just some good guidance on how to polish up a manuscript or how to market it once it's out there. That's what building community among other writers is all about. IASFA is there to help you grow that network. So Again, IASFA.org is the website. Go there, sign up for a free account, and make sure you get plugged in with your peeps. Readers, we got giveaways going on every stinking month, man. Last month, it was Urban Fantasy coming up later on this month. We've got a huge book giveaway for Lit RPG and Cyberpunk. So for all you folks who love that era of stuff, man, we have got it coming at you. Again, go to the website, IASFA.org. Make sure you sign up for their newsletter. That way you can stay abreast of the release dates and everything when that happens. So thank you again. That's the International Association of Science Fiction and Fantasy Authors. Good peeps sponsoring the pod mail segment for this particular the program. So first question comes to us from Steven. Strangely enough, seeing Ian's Facebook post about Top Gun Maverick last weekend got me to thinking about theater food. I think we can all agree that popcorn is the king of this show, but when it comes to candy, what are your go-to choices when heading to the movies? Rob, you got a thought on this? I'm a Raisinets guy. I, I, My man! There we go. My man with the Raisinets. That is varsity, sir. Well, wait a second here. Did we just agree on something? We really did. I'm a sucker for some Raisinets in a movie, man. For me, it's a total <laughs> toss-up, whether it's Raisinets or Twitters, but I'm there. Other thing I love about the Raisinets, you can always buy the, the, the big box at the Dollar Tree for a buck, and then I smuggle it in in my wife's purse. But shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> that's fair, though. I, I mean, the price is a little bit exorbitant. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Raisinets and Twizzlers. Um We'll occasionally spring for the uh, for the Skittles. 
not very often. That's uh, that's a dark horse pick for me in the in the movie film hierarchy. But uh, but Raisinets Twizzlers got to be regular Twizzlers though, man. Don't don't be screwing around with licorice or some shenanigans like that. Oh wait okay? a second here now now we're back to the way this show should be. Nuh-uh. I, I do not do red Twizzlers. I'll do the dark black, but uh, I do not do red Twizzlers. If I'm going to go something other than um, Raisinets, I'll do M and M's. But I will never. I can't stand red licorice i want the dark bitter black licorice that that's Ugh. that's my kind of soul it, it was, food it was good while it lasted man it really was <laughs> okay well, well real quick before we move on to ashley's question uh on the topic of m&ms are you a regular guy or a peanut guy yes my man. Okay. I get over with that. I'm a peanut guy, but I'll tell you what is awesome. Get We're totally delving down the rabbit hole. Now we can do a show on this. Get a bag of the regular M&Ms, bag of Reese's Pieces, mix them together in a bowl. Heaven. Absolute heaven. That's some, that's some amazing chocolate in my peanut butter stuff right there. All right. Next question comes to us from Ashley. Uh, it is with a heavy, it was with a heavy heart that I opened my Twitter feed last Thursday to see where the great Ray Liotta had passed. Uh, as crime... As Crime Boss characters go, he was a hard casting to beat. What were your favorite Ray Liotta films and why? I'm I'm going to take lead on this because I'm going to take the obvious and say Goodfellas. I absolutely, I it's Goodfellas is one of those films that if it's on television, I could be in the middle of five thousand things and it's like, well, crap, there goes the next two and a half hours, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch it. Watching him play Hill was just. It was awesome. I mean, it, it was it is a Scorsese masterpiece for a reason from the cinematography to the supporting cast. And it was all led by Ray Liotta. I mean, I, I can't hear Gimme Shelter from the Rolling Stones now and not want to like look up in the sky for a helicopter like I'm on my way to a crack house. Like that's that's what I think of when I hear that song. And it was all because of Ray Liotta in that film. He's obviously gone on to do a, a ton of other things. Uh, most recently, I think the last thing I saw him in was the many saints of Newark, which was the Sopranos prequel on HBO. Uh, he was great in that as well because he's Ray Liotta and he plays that part as Ashley alluded to in her message for my money. He played that part better than anybody ever has in Hollywood. And uh, so I'm, I'll miss him for that. But yeah, I, I always like Ray Liotta. Rob, how about you, man? You got any Ray Liotta movies you liked or, or things that you'll remember the man for? If you build it, he will come. Ah, okay. I'm a base. I'm, I'm a baseball fan, movie fan far more than I am a gangster movie fan. And I know it's, it's cheesy and I know it's, it's, you know, designed to be a tearjerker, but it back to what we we're talking about. Top gun. I, I got into it. I got, all the in jokes of baseball history because that's my 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 jam i guess and uh i cry at the end and sure. it's everything i want in a movie i walk out of it and i'm an you know and ray Liotta was great in it the uh the way he he handled she was joe was really really nice and uh she was joe such a tragic character there was um one of my one of my favorite stories not not great story but it's it's um it's a powerful one, I guess is a better way to phrase it. Uh, when he was retired, old, um, Ty Cobb came into the liquor store where he was, where she was, Joe was, was working and he was selling him a pint of whiskey or something like that. And finally at the end of it, Ty Cobb said, Joe, it, it's me. It's Ty. Don't you recognize me? And shoeless Joe said, I did, but I didn't know if you wanted me to. 
Oh, wow. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always have a soft spot for Shoeless Joe. I hear you, man. Well, I will always have a soft spot for Ray Liotta. So, brother, rest in peace, and uh, we're going to miss you down here. Next question comes to us from Russ. Well, boys, it's finally here. Obi-Wan Kenobi has arrived on Disney+. Plus. What were your thoughts on the first three episodes, and what are your expectations moving forward now that you've actually seen some of what the writers have in mind? Uh, I'll field this one because I know Rob's not much of a Star Wars guy. Um, I, I've been pretty happy with it so far. Uh, I will say one of the things that I do believe Disney has done very, very well since taking over Star Wars is they made Darth Vader a scary mf again. Like for us growing up, Star Wars was the boogie or uh, Darth Vader was the boogeyman. All right. There was no, there was no, you know. There was nothing nice about him until you got to Return of the Jedi. That was the big payoff. But, you know, for, for the first few years there, he was the big bad. And Disney has returned him to that in spades between what they did in Rogue One and what they have done with him so far through Obi-Wan. Um, I've been very, very pleased with that big time. Um, listen, I was on record as saying that I would have written kind of like a lost style of story with this where you have basically 50% a piece on two different timelines. One timeline would have been a flashback to the clone wars to really show people the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan before he went bad. Um, you know, people who grew up watching the, who, who watched the clone wars cartoons, we've got that, but there are a ton of mainstream star Wars fans who never got that. They never got to see that. And I think to see that in live action would have really added something to this story. And then the other 50% would have been the current timeline where he's been turned. He's Vader. He's after Kenobi and the hunt is on. Having said that, listen, it's a six episode series. You don't have time to do that. You got to pick a lane as they say. And I feel like the writers did that for this show. Um, I don't need much more out of the, the youngest character on the show, shall we say? I'm not going to get into spoilers for people who haven't had a chance to watch this yet. Um, I, I think that I see why that character was introduced. I think there was real purpose there, but less is more. So uh, that that character has played their part. Now I'm ready to set that aside and let's focus on what we all came to see, which is Kenobi versus Vader. I do love the fact that when you meet Obi-Wan Kenobi at the start of this series, he is a shadow of what he used to be from the way that he looks to his attitude, to his morale, to his fighting skills. He is a shell of himself and it's going to be fun on the back half of this show to watch that kind of Rocky Balboa time to get back into fighting shape kind of deal from that character. I think you and McGregor will smoke that in spades. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Um, we'll add real quick as we kind of sign off on this question, move on to our last one for fans of this show, stick around because when Obi-Wan Kenobi is done, we're going to have a little something special on this show to kind of do a post-mortem, if you will. Once we've seen the entire story, you know, we've, we've had a chance to digest it a little bit in its entirety as the writers intended. We're going to come back. We're going to do a little dissection on that, a little analysis, a little pontificating, as it were. And I got something special lined up for that. So stick And I, I need to make a correction here. You say I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'm actually a huge Star Wars fan. What I'm not is a Star Wars from Disney fan. Ah. Disney, for a variety of reasons, especially as a content creator, I refuse to 
pay any money to watch Disney Plus or ESPN Plus or anything they're affiliated with anymore until they actually pay their con- content creators like they're supposed to. Yeah, no, that now that's fair. For people who don't follow that, Disney's been called out onto the mat for really screwing a lot of their, their content people, whether it's writers or whatever. Yeah, they, they've really hosed a lot of people. Including Alan Dean Foster, who... Well, you may not remember this, but when Star Wars came out, there was a novel called Splinter in the Mind's Eye. It was the first sort of uh, takeoff on Star Wars universe from another writer that I saw. And it was a brilliant novel. And among other things, uh, my first introduction to Alan Dean Foster. And they refused to pay him. And yeah. I have real problems with that. Yep. Nope. I can totally get on board with that. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not going to argue with anybody who, who cuts the cord on Disney for any number of reasons, whether it's ideology, whether it's just, they don't have any content that interests you. Uh, I, I'm kind of getting to the point when I would fall into that second camp, I would tell you, there's not a whole lot of original content coming out on Disney plus that really I care much about. I tried Moon Knight. I couldn't get into it. I, I was not a huge fan of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, just there's just not a whole lot coming out from them that I really care to see. But again, as we've discussed, this is Obi Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader. It's Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen. I wasn't as a lifelong Star Wars fan who waited until twelve thirty in the morning for my buddy who worked at the local television station to bring me the VHS tape that he had ripped off of the ABC national feed of the first Phantom Menace pre you know teaser trailer in nineteen ninety eight. I was gonna watch this one. So afterwards We'll see how long I keep Disney Plus around. We'll see. All right. Final question comes to us from Sean. Caught the new trailer for Avengers 2 when I saw Top Gun last weekend. Seriously? We're actually getting this film? Does anybody really want this? Anybody? Bueller? 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 Am I wrong? Nice Ferris well, Bueller there, buddy. You, you, you are, in fact, wrong only because you said... Avengers 2, not Avatar Oh, I'm sorry. Did I misread that? Yep, sorry. Avatar 2, not Avengers 2. Thank you, Rob. Uh, So yeah, Avatar 2. Um, Rob, I lit on the last one. You you watched the trailer. What did you think? I thought the trailer is going to be exactly the same as the first movie, which means it's going to be visually stunning, but the story is going to be worthless and weak, and it's going to rely on tropes that pick on um, whatever they think is the important thing for them to say. And completely unlike Top Gun, they are just going to rely on the visual stuff and not create a good story. That's what they did in the first one. The first one was a boring planned story when five minutes in you knew how what was going to happen you knew how it was going to go and i was bored yeah it had the nice visual stuff great but that's not enough that's not enough for me to want to pay however many dollars it is these days to go to a movie theater well and and there's nothing novel about this now all right 10 years ago when the first i think it was longer than that now and it uh let's see avatar came out what 15 years ago now something like that Mm -hmm. when it came out all right. It was unlike anything we had seen on the silver screen from the 3D that they implemented to, you know, the, the, the cinematography that, I mean, the CGI blew Star Wars off of the map. All right. It was really a revolutionary film to behold when it came out 15 years ago. Nowadays, we've seen that. 
it looks like every other fantasy fantastical film that comes out now. There's absolutely nothing novel about this. And to Rob's point, there was nothing about the story that is worth revisiting. Right? The running punchline on Avatar was that it was Dances with Wolves with Smurfs. That's exactly what it was. Go watch Dances with Wolves. It's that story. It didn't need a sequel either. And apparently James Cameron has at least three of them in the shoot. So uh, Disney got to eat this as part of the acquisitions deal to bring on 20th Century Fox. Fox had already commissioned these to make Avatar one of their big tentpole franchises. And so it was most of it was already in the can. Whether or not we get an Avatar 2 out of this I w- or Avatar 3, I would wager that'll heavily f- fall on box office numbers, which I expect this one to flop like a dead fish. Let me just add one thing. Hmm. Fantasia, when it came out in the 1930s, was an overwhelmingly amazing example of what uh, animation could be at the movie theater. Avatar tried to do that again. The difference is is that Fantasia had better dialogue than um, Avatar did. You didn't buy into Unobtainium, Rob? I did not. You did not not want to go look up Unobtainium? No. And I will point out Fantasia didn't have dialogue. <laughs> I just wanted to take a shot at Unobtainium because that's awesome. I mean, good Lord, sir. All right. Thanks as always to the folks who send in their pod mail questions. If you would like to submit a pod mail question, it's actually very easy to do. Find any of us on social media, whether it's myself, Rob, or Kevin, or follow Shark Flight Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, shoot us a comment, shoot us a message. We'll answer you there. You can also email the show if that's easier for you, dudesinhyperspace at gmail.com. Uh, we check that box pretty regularly and try and get as many of those on the show as we can. So thanks to everybody who submitted this time around, and let's wave some white flags. <laughs> White flag is, of course, the uh, the segment of the show where we talk about what's on our radar coming up in the next few days, next few weeks. Uh, for me, as mentioned, it's Infinity Con. That's the big thing I'm really excited about. Uh, heading out tomorrow to uh, get squared away with that. Going to catch up with a buddy of mine and some family tomorrow night, and then we'll load out for the Civic Center first thing on Saturday morning to be there when they open the gates for that. And then we'll be there all day on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, other things on my radar, Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, started that last night with the family. Uh, so far, seems very fun. Uh, the thing I love most about Stranger Things uh, these days is that it's ending. Um, that It's not a shot. It's not a dig. I just appreciate it when writers say, this is my story, and now we're done. And even though Netflix would like us to continue making more of these in the name of making more money, we've told our story and we're out. And that is what the the creators of Stranger Things, who, ironically enough, from Durham, North Carolina, um, that's what they've elected to do. So this is the start of of the conclusion of that story. And again, it's been a lot of fun so far. It's been everything you want a Stranger Things season and and story to be. And it's nice to know that they've got a plan and it's going to come to fruition. And we'll see how that ends. So happy to happy to start that journey with them to the close. Rob, how about you, man? What's on your radar? I'm going to actually take my white flag and go down the memory lane. Marion Barber III was a running back for the Cowboys, and he died at the age of 38 yesterday. Um, he was a very fun running back to watch. If you want to have a, a, an interesting play, go look for the best two-yard run in, in NFL history. It was against the uh, Patriots. It was something amazing. He was a hell of a running back to watch. He was just a blue-collar guy trying and really hard. 38 years old. It's hard for me to look at my age. I'm, you know, 53, 54 now. See a 
guy like that pass away and man, he was a heck of a player and I'll miss him. Yep. He was a heck of a player. He, uh, he also scored me quite a few points in my fantasy football leagues back in the day too, man. He was always one of those backs you could get like, you know, round four, round five, round six of your draft. And he was an earner, man. Like he was, he was that guy that he was always an earner for you. Not a hall of fame player, but the kind of guy that you want, a bunch of on any football team because they'll go out, they'll do their job, they'll work their tail off, they'll come back. You'll know that they were in the wars. They'll 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 be that they'll be tired and they'll hurt, but they'll have left everything on the field. And as a fan, when you watch a player do that, you can't help but root for the guy. Yep, absolutely, man. All righty. Well, thanks again to Marisa Wolf for coming on board the program. It is always such a treat to be able to spend some time with her. Folks, can't stress this enough, man. Go check out the CKP YouTube channel. Links right there in your show notes. Be sure you like, subscribe, videos, channels, all that good stuff, and, and support it. Man, producer Jeremy and the gang are doing some great work over there. So make sure you go check it out. Thanks to Rob for tagging along on this. Thanks to the folks behind the scenes who also helped me uh, make it what it is. And um, thanks to you, the listeners. So if you like us, you know the drill, man. Go on to Spotify, go on to Apple Podcasts. If it'll let you leave stars, do it and leave a review, man. Helps to bump us up to the rankings. Our same spiel on YouTube, man. If you watch these on video form, like the channel, subscribe to the channel, like the videos. It helps to boost us up. If you got a question, dudesinhyperspace at gmail.com is where it's at. Be sure you check out chriskennedypublishing.com, iaspa.org, believe.com. Holy smokes. Like this program has come so far from what it was three years ago when we started all this. And we love everybody who's jumped on board the wagon, man. These people are freaking amazing. Just like you, the listeners. And I'm out of breath, and I'm going for freaking margaritas. I'm Ian J. Malone. I'll see you next time on the News and Hyperspace Podcast. See you.